Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com RLRC and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash R-L-R-C. Looking for a new and healthier way to unwind? I was too, and then I tried Recess Mood. Recess Mood replaced that after-dinner alcoholic beverage for me, so I saw a difference in both my mood and my belly. It's made with real fruit. It is only 20 calories, and it contains no added sugar. Recess Mood is infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangovers. Recess Mood tastes great, too, and comes in four different flavors. My favorite flavor is the Strawberry Rose. So whether you need a moment away from the errands, work, and kids, or you just need a moment of chill during dinnertime chaos, Recess Mood is where it's at whenever you need to relax and unwind. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash RLRC and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will want one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running so with that. This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the Internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. Y'all know what time it is. It's 
4th of July time, America's birthday, right? We don't work on that day. A couple of days a year that we just don't do it, and that is Thanksgiving because of family and uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas, and because of Jesus and um, over the holiday season, whatever you believe in, doesn't matter to me. But the and then New Year's Day and then Easter because of, again the significance or Passover, whatever you celebrate. And then on the 4th of July, don't do it because, uh, or Memorial Day. And that's, you know, we have pretty strong beliefs about these things, and I'm a patriot through and through, veteran and everything else. And uh, so we're not going to be releasing a regular episode. But every year I release the same episode because it was one of my most famous early episodes that I ever did. And it's called Duty on the Fourth. And it tells about a night that I remember experiencing on, specifically on the Fourth of July and Fourth of July weekend, uh, which are the worst, the absolute worst time to be in uniform patrol, period, in law enforcement. Uh, anyway, so during the story, and I know well, we have – so, so many new lifers who may not have heard it, but, but for those of you who have, I'm, I'll go ahead and give you the update, and the rest of you, uh, you can listen to it, and you already know what happened to these people, but you won't know all the details. So let's start with the first one, the guy that I got in a fight with that I almost had to shoot, um, and at the last second... I did what I did to get out of the situation. You can go listen to it. But I told you that he had dug his nasty-ass claws into my face. And so I want you – maybe I'll post it on social media. If you ever come – if you ever meet me in person, I can show you the scar on my nose. I'm touching it right now to this day where his – I think it was his biggest finger, his middle finger. He had, his, he had all five of his fingers dug into my face. Uh so I still carry that scar, and that's been like 23 years ago. But you, can't, you wouldn't notice if I didn't point it out to you. And I have no idea what happened to that dude. I can't imagine that he's not in prison or didn't die in prison. Uh, he was probably in his 30s, and he was probably my age. So he's got to be my age now. If he's alive, don't know. That kid involved in that story is shit. Got to be how we were back then. Um Take to the next one, the – I tell you what, I'm just going to give you a couple. I, I told y'all about um, meeting Leon Winstead or Albany Police 4, who ended up being one of my best friends. Yeah, and uh, Leon didn't have to – he was a reserve officer, and he didn't have to do it. He did it because he loved it because he worked on the – tugboats on the river uh, and he had a lot of time off every month but he loved doing cop work and anyway we ended up being uh, uh, living next door to each other and just the best guy in the world and, and I stood as the best man in his wedding to Miss, Miss Beautiful Miss Flo and uh, he's involved in this story it's one of the many stories I talk about him in and over the years on Real Life for Crime um but that was when we were chasing the twins, right? All night, all fucking night long. And, and go listen to it. You can get the details. But it's Johnny and Johnny. And I got a message from, I won't say who because I want to get her in trouble, that I got a message from someone who said, hey, Woody, you're not going to. I'm now, Johnny and Johnny were dumb as box of rocks. And I'm not being ugly. They were just dumb okay and then, i mean like on a whole new level of dumb uh, uh but somebody messaged me and told me they had direct knowledge that one of them and um got killed in hammond louisiana supposedly he was doing something when a train was coming by i don't know if he's putting someone on the track to like flatten a coin or something and he bent down to pick it up and <laughs> Train was running. They don't slow down when they go through town, y'all. That's why they have to honk their horns and shit. 
and he bent down and didn't see that one of the cars that was coming had one of those ladders off the side and the ladder decapitated him. Yeah. There you go, right? I mean, I don't know how you don't see a fucking ladder coming at your head, whatever, but it wasn't a suicide because there were some other people that were with him. He was doing something stupid. I don't know, crushed a beer can, just something totally irrelevant. And the ladder caught him and ripped his head off. Um, who else in the story? The other ones, I don't know. The, the 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 boys who died in the truck that night, man, that was bad. That's that one still. And I passed that. I uh, I passed that spot in that tree that they wrapped that truck around is still there, and it still has the damage on the tree from where the truck hit it. Uh, sideways, and they, I think they estimate the truck left road like 140 some miles an hour, and the um, the to this day that tree's massive. I'm talking about like 10 feet massive around, and you can see the damage. Well, I can see it because I know what was there, the damage where that truck was and where I held that boy up. Um, but anyway, Happy 4th of July to y'all. Next week, back with a hardcore original episode. I hope you all get all your hamburgers and hot dogs, and I think I'm going to cook a brisket or something, maybe go fishing. hope you get the beach drinking an umbrella drink and all that. I love and appreciate each and every one of you. Patron members, convicts, Apple subscribers, I love y'all. I hope you're enjoying your commercial-free early releases of the episodes and your bonus episodes was i just locked up another one called i don't remember last week so if you binged all original real life real crime and you want some more you can go to the the real life real crime community app and subscribe to be a convict it's all the same thing y'all or you can go to patreon and look at the different tier levels there and choose your benefits or when you you can sign up through Apple Podcasts now. But anyway, I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Happy Fourth of July. Happy Birthday, America. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder by You. Peace. So we're going to start today's episode, which is titled Duty on the Fourth. Now, Fourth of July is America's birthday, right? Everybody loves the 4th of July. You have barbecue and swimming and fireworks and parades, and it's America's birthday, right? Great time. Summertime, kids are out of school. Everybody gets off of work, and it's just a big hoorah for everybody that is, except for law enforcement. Now, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories of what happened to me when I worked uniform patrol, or you can call it criminal patrol, on the 4th of July. The 4th of July, y'all, is by far the worst day of the year or night of the year to work as a law enforcement professional, all right? Now, you would think it would be New Year's Eve or something like that but no it's it's not believe me the fourth is the worst and it's really bad when the fourth falls on a weekend especially like on a sunday or monday either way it's because people start partying on friday when they get off and then they party saturday and then then by the time sunday comes you know you just have more fights and disturbances and it's just crazy so i'll tell you way back when and I don't remember what year it was, but this is my vivid memory of one Fourth of July. And I was working uniform patrol for the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office, and I was working the night shift from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning. Now, generally, I would go 10-8 or on duty about 20 minutes early every day at about 5.40 p.m. so the day shift could get home. And they didn't have to catch any last minute 911 calls or anything like that. And they could get home at a decent time. So we went 10 8 from our houses or our residences. And 10 8 is on duty or in service. And that's because we were so spread out at such a big parish. 
in. We didn't have roll calls or anything like that, but we'd probably do that like once a month. We'd meet up at the sheriff's office before shift and go over things that needed to be discussed, et cetera. But other than that, we went literally walked out your door and got in your unit and you went 10, eight on the radio and that's it. So that day, and it was hot. And y'all look, July, I think that's part of the problem with 4th of July is the heat. It's hot. I walk outside. I always would go out and turn on my unit, let it start to cool off, and then go back in and put my gun belt on. So I go out there, and it must be 150 degrees inside the car. Turn it on, kick the AC full blast, roll the windows down, let some of the heat out, and I go back inside. By the time I, I get back inside, I'm already covered in sweat. You remember you have on a uniform, boots, vest, and then you put on the heavy gun belt with your pistol, your baton, or as it was called an ASP, ASP, it's an expandable baton, your freeze plus P, your radio, two pairs of handcuffs, two extra magazines for your duty weapon. I mean, and then it's this big belt, right? I mean, it's so big that you have to use belt retainers to lock it on over your belt that goes through the belt loops on your pants. Anyway, I put the gun belt on and go outside, climb in the unit, call on the radio. I say three six one two five nine ten eight. what you got holding. And the radio came back, 259-361. We have a 103D-911 call in French settlement. I said, all right, temporary, 10 eight in route. And so what that means is there was a domestic violence disturbance call that came in 911. Now, I lived in Albany, and I was about 25, 30 minutes away from French Settlement, which is in the very extreme southern part of the parish. And it takes that long to get there because the road through the southern end of the parish, Louisiana Highway 22, follows the river and the waterway and there's like probably 15 90 degree turns that you can only go like 15 miles an hour around so i called back i knew it was going to take me a while and i, and I called back i said three six one two five nine what's the status on the nine one one? and it came back said two five nine three six one it's code four at this time wife advises that the husband has passed out so it's code four at this time meaning everything's okay so i'm like okay i don't have to really rush right so I took my time getting down there, and it's, it was on a street I'd never been on before. And I turned on the street, and there's like six trailers to the left side of this little gravel road. And I'm pulling down, looking for the address on the trailer, and it didn't take long for me to figure it out. Because as I'm pulling up, I see this woman come running up, and she's screaming and jumping up and down, waving her hands. So I pull up, and I jump out on her. and I look at her, and she's beat to shit. Her mouth is bloody, her lips are busted, her eyes swollen shut. But she's screaming. I mean, we're close to the trailer, right? It's my unit, me, then her, and it's not 15 feet to the door. It's a little small trailer, single wide, to the door on the other side of her. And she's screaming frantically. She's like, he's got my baby. He's got my baby. He's going to kill it. He's got my baby. You got to get my baby. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, hold on. I said, they told me that your husband was passed out. And at the same time I said that, the front door kicks open and there stands this guy. And I'm going to describe him to you. And I'm a pretty big guy, right? Six foot two. And he must have been six foot five, six foot six, maybe a little bit more. I don't know. But he was tall and he didn't have a shirt on and he was skinny but muscular. But long, nasty-ass hair, uh, beard. I think he had on, like, camouflage shorts and no shoes and, you know, covered in tats. And he's standing there, but it, I'll never forget it. He's holding this kid. And when I say a kid, I mean, I really mean like a toddler, probably a year and a half old. Is holding it underneath its arm like it's a rag doll. And, you know, the kid's screaming. And he's holding it in his right hand. He's hollering and starts hollering at me, you get the fuck out of here, you motherfucker. Da, 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 da. And he's waving the kid like a rag doll. And I'm like, and then he get, he goes back in and he shuts the door. I'm like, fuck that. So I immediately, without thinking, I mean, I didn't call it in or anything. I, well, I ran in after him, right? 
The latest and greatest can always be found at Weiler Plastic Surgery. We're excited to introduce Elocore, a brand new device that tightens skin without scarring. Get the visible results you've been wanting without surgery. Schedule your Elocore consultation today. And I threw the door open and he's standing right there. And it's a little bitty living room with a love seat right to our right. And a wall over the hallway to the left and went back to the bedroom. And then there's a a small wall, which would have been to his right-hand side and with the same arm the kid's in. And there's a kitchen on the other side of that. So he's, you know, I come in after. I'm like, dude, just you know, give me the kid. Give me the kid. And he swung at me with his left hand because the kid was in his right hand. And to this day, I don't know what happened to the baby. I mean, because it all happened so fast. but. I think the mama must have caught the baby or that he dropped the baby. I don't I don't remember. But I know the baby wasn't involved in what happened next. And when he swung with the left hand, it was a tight area. I ducked to my right and I was able to miss his swing, but his fist hit my shoulder mic. Now shoulder mics back then our microphones ran from the radio on our gun belt, on your duty belt, up to your shoulder. Mine was always on my left shoulder. And I would have to reach over and press the button and turn my head to the left to talk into it. It was clipped to your shoulder on a like a lapel on the uniform on the top of the shoulder. Say so he swings with his left. I duck. And he hits my shoulder. Mike knocks it off. And then it was on. The fight was on. I, I don't know what happened to the baby, but the fight was on. All this defensive tactics and all the stuff they teach you in the police academy on how to take people down and do palm heel strikes and all the straight arm bar takedowns and all the break wheel stuns and all that bullshit goes out the window when somebody's swinging on you in your face. And I closed the distance on him and tried to and grab him. And he was, oh, it was hot in that trailer too. It was hot and it stunk. And I tried to grab him and he's all sweaty. And so I couldn't really get a hold on him. And evidently he had his other hand free because he started punching me. And as I tucked my head into his chest, I flipped him to our right and we flipped over that love seat and went down on the floor and landed on top of the coffee table. And then shit, it was just on. It was Fist City at this time. And I heard my dispatcher call 361 or you code four. I had the best dispatchers in the world. They knew me and they knew if I didn't respond, that sugar had turned to shit and they better send the cavalry, right? So Tammy Forbes was the dispatcher that day and she's deceased now. What a sweetheart and a hell of a dispatcher. But she said, 361, are you code four? And I didn't respond because I'm on the floor now in a fist fight. So we're rolling like uh, up against this table and rolling back and forth and we're swinging on each other, literally punching each other. And he was stronger than me. And plus he was higher than hell. I think he was on meth. My, I, I hit him as hard as I could and didn't even phase him. Right. I'm trying not to let him get on top of me. And then I hear the radio again, 361, are you code four? And of course I can't answer it. I'm fighting. And he gets the best of me. He gets on top of me. And when he gets on top of me, He's sitting on my waist, straddling me, and he's sitting on my Freeze Plus P. And y'all, Freeze Plus P is like mace on steroids, right? Very effective after about 45 seconds in helping to control somebody because it involuntarily makes their eyes shut and it makes them feel like they can't breathe, et cetera. And you've heard me talk about it in other stories, but... So these are my options. Dude's on top of me. He's raining down punches. I'm, I've got my hands up trying to block the punches, et cetera, and still trying to grab a hold of his arms. And he comes down with his right hand, and I'll never forget it. And I have a scar on my nose to this day, the tip of my nose. If you ever meet me, you can look at it and see it. He had these long-ass, dirty fingernails, and he came down with his right hand, and he dug it into my face, and his middle finger I'm sorry if I'm messing up the mic because I'm recreating it right now with, with my own hand. His middle finger dug into the bridge of my nose, and then the other two fingers were on uh, into my cheeks and cheekbones on the either side of my nose. And his hands on my face, and he's pinning my head back. And at this point, 
I'm trying to get that hand off of me. And he's still raining down punches with his other hand. And I'm like, holy shit. And I'm thinking, I can't get some of freeze and I can't get him off of me. I mean, he's, he's higher than fuck on whatever. And he, he's got me and I can't let him beat me until I pass out. And I'm going to have to kill him because I, I was still able to get my hand on my weapon. And I'm, all this is happening in like milliseconds, right? In instant process. And I'm like, I know this dude is going to knock me out. I, he's got me pinned now. And he's got his claws literally sunk into my face. And he's beating the shit out of me. And I'm thinking, this is it. And I was reaching for my pistol. And I was going to have to pull my pistol and kill him. And it just clicked in my head. I'm looking into his claw that his thumb was on the right side of my face. The other three fingers are dug in, his thumbs on the right hand side. As I'm reaching for my pistol at the last second, I hear the radio team and says, all units 1033, tag two for 361. All units respond to 361's location. And she gave the address. Well that means nobody could talk in case I need to do an emergency broadcast. And for everybody to come because it was bad, right? Sugar had turned to shit. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? <laughs> I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well... Have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally. Designed for long-term retention. Speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 
50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Sayonara. And it really had, I thought I was going to have to kill him, but that last second as I'm reaching for my pistol, that thumb is right there, and I reached up, and I bit that son of a bitch. I tried to bite it off. I bit down as hard as I could, and they say down in the swamp, we have snapping turtles or loggerhead turtles, and they say if, if a loggerhead turtle ever bites you, it'll never let go until the next time. It hears thunder. And I bit down on this son of a bitch and I knew I was still reaching for a pistol. And I knew if this didn't work, if I couldn't get his hand out of my face, him to stop hitting me, I was going to have to kill him. So I bit down on that thumb and I bit it down to the bone and I tried to bite that fucker off. And that pain evidently was enough for him to check himself for even just for a few seconds. I mean, when the pain hit him, I'm talking about, I'm literally down on the bone, trying to bite through the bone and bite his whole thumb off. And he screams and he takes his hand out of my face and I won't let go. Right. And then he's trying to hit me with his other hand, but I'm just down on the thumb. And then I was able to get the upper hand and the fight was on again, except for this time I transferred from my duty weapon to my freeze plus P and I was able to get it out. And I never let go of his thumb. And he was hitting me on the back of my head. But I was able to get the freeze plus P out and start spraying. Well, fortunately, I had been trained in freeze plus P many, many times. Sprayed with it in the training. And then I had fought in it so many times. And if you heard the episode in the closet, you know, anytime you use a freeze plus P, especially when you're in close contact like that, you're going to get some of it also, but I didn't get it as bad as this cat did. I was just emptying the whole can on him and he let go because it takes about 30 or 45 seconds. It starts burning immediately, but then after about 30 seconds or so, your eyes just involuntarily shut. You can't open them. You physically, physically can't do it. Then the freeze plus P, which is basically tear gas plus pepper spray. The freeze plus P starts to take away your breath. It makes you feel like you're drowning and that you can't breathe. But at this time, I'm fucking exhausted, right? I'm sweaty. I've been beat on. And I'm really glad they didn't have mixed martial arts when I was a kid. These MMA fighters, the UFC stuff, because I probably would have done it. I used to do a lot of boxing. But if you've ever been in a fight like that, three minutes seems like 300 years, especially when. You're on the bottom end getting your ass whipped by a meth head that's all tweaked out. And so a spray, and at some point, another unit arrives, uh, John T. Wilkerson, my road buddy and my academy buddy, got there, and he dives in also. And then another unit arrived, and by unit, I mean another officer arrived, and they came running in, and he dived in. Now, look, it's hard to handcuff someone that doesn't want to be handcuffed. And you add in the fact that it was like 110 degrees inside this trailer. This dude's got no clothes on. So every time you touch his skins, your hands are sliding with the sweat. The whole room is full of freeze plus pee and everybody's breathing it. But although this dude got the worst of it and it was still a fight until the freeze plus P kicked in enough where he felt like he couldn't breathe. And then he started freaking out a little bit. And somehow we were able to get him in cuffs. Well, we get him out of the trailer. They called for an ambulance because I'm covered in blood and I'm bleeding from my face, from my nose and from my cheeks. But he's bleeding like a stuck pig. But I had blood in my mouth and had gone all down my chin onto my shirt from biting his damn thumb off or trying to. And the ambulance comes 
And I told him, I said, y'all, y'all got to get this fucker to sign a waiver and that he doesn't want to go to the hospital or one of us is going to have to sit at the hospital all night or may, it may be a day until they release him and then we're going to have to book him. So medics came and one of them came to me and, and they were cleaning me up. And I told him I'm more worried about catching AIDS from this fucker or some other disease that doesn't even have a name known to man yet, right? Nasty ass. But I definitely had his blood in my mouth and I definitely had his claw marks on my face and all that. And so they were cleaning me up. And meanwhile, they were working on him and they bandaged his thumb up the best they could and wrapped it up good. And, and they were like, just tell it. John T was like, sir, sir, do you, you need to go to the hospital? Do you need to go to the hospital? And the guy was like, fuck you, motherfucker. Not a fuck you. It's like, that's good. Uh, but he refuses and I'll sign for him since he can't write because <laughs> his hand's injured. To wrap the scene up, the wife had to seek medical attention, and we had to wait for somebody to come and get the kid. And then John T. took the dude and booked him for me for the domestic violence. And then a good felony charge, well, he had a 108, which is resisting an officer. And then we charged him with a felony charge of second-degree battery. Now, second-degree battery it's pretty much like attempted murder in the state of Louisiana because a battery is an unwanted touching. Now, Louisiana is under the Napoleonic Code of Law. So our battery and assault is exact opposite of how it is in the rest of the United States. Where you have outside of Louisiana, if you punch somebody, that's an assault, right? And then if you threaten someone, it's a battery. Well, Inside the state of Louisiana, it's reversed. The battery is the hitting or the striking, and the assault is the actual threat. So, so I charged him with second-degree battery, which is a serious felony. And what escalates from simple battery, which is unwanted touching, and it is a misdemeanor. It's just a regular hit. The, what escalates that to second-degree battery is if you lose consciousness from the hit, if you suffer extreme pain, or you get scarred, or you have to seek medical attention as a result of the hit or hits or blow or blows. And I had to seek medical attention from my face. And even though it wasn't much, right? But still, it's a good felony charge. And that piled on top of everything else he got, the resistings and, and the domestic violence, et cetera. And I just want to make sure that asshole wasn't getting out of jail. And so... John Laudermill showed up. He was supervisor at the time. And he was like, fuck that. You know, get his ass to the jail and we'll deal with him later. And I still had to write the initial report on it, but I was going to do that later. And he was more concerned about me. John was. But I told him, I said, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, he just dug his claws into my face and they cleaned it up and put some bandages on it. But I had to go back the 30 minutes home to change uniforms. John wanted me to take off. And I was like, dude, there's no way. It was 4th of July weekend. And then he's like, you're right. He said, I really didn't need you. But if you don't feel like it, he said, don't come back out. And I said, well, I'm going to go home and change and I'll get back 10-8. So I leave that scene and the calls are popping, y'all. I mean, it's, you know, disturbance after disturbance and medical emergencies, people getting burned with fireworks. I'm listening to all this on the way back to my apartment. Get back to the apartment. I shower and change uniforms, and I go back 10-8. Now, on the east side of the parish, a lot of times you were working by yourself, just like I responded to that 911 call by myself because there were only a couple of us. If you were lucky, you had three on duty on the, on the east side of the parish, but most of the time it was just two of us. So what was so important for us were the town units, Livingston Police Department, the Albany Police Department and the Springfield Police Department and Killian Police Department when they had somebody out. So a lot of times the town units were our closest back up to go in on hot calls. So anyway, I get dressed, put my shit back on, get back on the radio, 361-259-108, and immediately, 361, we have 911-103-D at Johnny and Johnny's. And I was like, oh, fuck. That's the last thing I need. Now, let me tell you about Johnny and Johnny. They were identical twins. I think they were like 18, 19 years old. But we 
dealt with them almost every week. And they lived at a, the end of a really narrow, dead-end street in the, I guess you would call it a rural hood, right? There were houses packed tight together, but then it's woods all the way around it. I knew. I mean, I'd arrested them both so many times, and you shit, you could not tell them apart. And every time I see one of them walking down the road, I'd call in and check warrants on them. And I said, check 17F on the Johnny. And they'd be like, which one? I'm like, both of them. Cause hell, I didn't know which one it was. And one time I called in, they called back and said, yeah, one of them had a warrant for whatever it was. Johnny and Johnny were physically fit, young, but they were dumb as a box of rocks. And I think almost to the mentally handicapped point, you couldn't even hardly understand them when they spoke either. Their intelligence was way on the low end of the scale. They had no jobs, but they weren't dope heads. They were just dummies. Anyway, so that day I was driving down. I saw one of them I called in and one of them had warrants. I didn't know which one it was. So I swung back around on him. I said, Hey, Johnny. He said, Hey, what's going on? And I said, um, Hey, man, come on. It's hot out here. Let me give you a ride. And so he gets in the backseat of the car. Well, I got out and Pat pressed him in. And I said, I just, for officer safety, Johnny, got to make sure you're not carrying any bazookas or anything. And I put him in the backseat of the car and I turned around I, from the opposite direction that he was walking in. And I took him to the jail. It took him like 10 minutes to realize well, we weren't going the way we were going. He's like, hey, where are you going? I said, uh, we're going to the jail. I got to check on something real quick. He's like, oh, okay. So I pull around the back of the jail and I take him in. And I said, fingerprint this fucker and see which one he is. And just so happened he was the one that had the warrants. So I booked him in that night. But anyway, so 911 call, Johnny and Johnny. And Johnny and Johnny like to beat on their elderly mother. And I say elderly. She probably was in her. 50s. And she was a character also. God bless her. And she would call the sheriff's office. They'd have beat on this and then did this. And you got to come get some out of my house. And so, I mean, we were always there. And every time you turn on that street, they would run and they would run to the woods. So I already knew I was fucked. And so I go over there and I got no units. John T was way up north on a call. And the Springfield town unit, Terry Sanchez, who just made detective sergeant for the Hammond City Police Department last week, I think. So congratulations, Terry. Well deserved. And then Leon Winstead, who is my brother from another mother, who is AP4, Albany Police 4. And then Leon was a reserve or a part-time officer, and he didn't do it for the money. He was like a a ship captain on the Mississippi River. So he had a lot of time off, but he did it because he loved police work. And this dude was a straight up great cop. The first night I ever went on duty on the east side of the parish, I was driving through Albany. He was out with a bad guy. And I mean, like I said, Leon's a little bit older. And this bad guy was a young, muscular dude. And boom, they are in a fist fight. And that's how I literally got to introduce myself to him is by diving in their fist fight and which that guy's brother ended up diving in that fist fight too. And that was another story for another day. But Leon, super, super cop. Terry's a great guy too from Springfield. And Leon was like, 361, I'm going to come back you up. And Terry called from Springfield and said, 361, I'm going to come back you up. Because they knew it was going to be a shit show. It was going to be a foot pursuit or whatever. So we turn on the street. And sure enough, fucking Johnny and Johnny are bailing out the back window of their mama's house and they hit the woods. And so I got pull up and I go to her and she, she's like, he knocked me down. And she had her leg was bleeding. Evidently shoved her down into the coffee table or something. And I don't, I don't know which one of them did it. But she's like, you got to take them boys to jail. Da, 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 da. They were they starting their fools. And I said, yes, Ms. Gray. Okay. You know, we're, we're going to get them, blah, blah, blah. So. Take the report and we have to go after them, y'all. And I would like to let them go, but due to past experiences, I know if we didn't catch them, they were going to come back and she was going to be calling all night long. So we're riding around looking for them because, like I said, it's kind of a rural hood and it, uh, it's just a, I'm not being racist. I'm the last person in the world that's racist, but I'm just describing to you. It's, it's just an area, a kind of a widespread area where the black folk had settled between Albany and Springfield in a rural area. So they're on foot and they're running. And so we're cruising around looking for them. And dispatch calls. It says 361 
got a report of the twins are breaking windows out of cars on such and such street. I'm like, fuckers. And, and so by the time we get to where the cars were, they're gone. Then I got to stop and take reports on these vehicles and get the vehicle identification number and make the reports for the victims. And so it's, now it's a time process, right? And before I can get done with the first three cars, 361, the twins are at such and such. They just busted it in somebody's front door. I'm like, fuck, here we go. So I'm having to leave them. And it was like leapfrog. I swear y'all went on for like two hours. So we split up. I'm going to call to call. The twins are, are going literally house to house and cutting through the woods to the next street. And they're just destroying everything like a tornado. Fucking busting every window they can find, kicking in doors. I mean, just crazy. And so we are chasing them. I'm, my reports are stacking up by the second. And I hear, by this time it's dark, Leon, AP4, called and said, 361, I got him over here at the intersection. And I pull over, and I see Leon's car, but I don't see him. And then I look over on the ground, and Terry pulled up behind me, and I could see in the darkness some, like, movement. I shine my light over there, and there are Johnny and Johnny and Leon in a fist fight on the ground. And I'm like, shit, here we go. So I jump out, and I run over, and I dive in, right? And, and then Terry dives in, and the fight's on again. Now it's three on two. And the spray comes out, and people getting sprayed, and Blows are traded, and finally, we were able to effect the arrest on one of them, and then the second one, and then, you know, buys them of their rights and put them in the back of the cars, and I asked Leon, I said, what happened? And now we're all dirty and hot and sweaty, and we've been breathing the freeze plus pee, and your noses are running and everything. It's just been a shit day, and... He said, man, you will never believe what happened. I said, what? He said, I pull up to the four-way, and I look over, and I see Johnny and Johnny, and they are fist-fighting each other. He said, I shine my light over, and these dumbasses are in a fist-fight with each other, and one of them put the other one in the headlock, and they went to the ground and started fighting. He said, and I went over there, and I figured, shit. I got to jump on one of them because if they get up, we'll be chasing our ass all night long. So he went over and dove in the pile on them. Leon was and is a badass. And I, I will always have my respect. So we took them in and booked them. And it's late by this time. And then I went and parked my car in a, one of my little secret hiding spots, praying that things would calm down. It's like three o'clock in the morning. And it's a real rural country store, and it has a highway in front of it, which nobody goes down this time of night. It's in, and there's nothing out there, but there's really nothing coming off this road on the side. So I would park there, and I would try to catch up on reports and do whatever. And I'm praying that nothing else breaks off tonight. I mean, I'm mentally and physically exhausted. I've got like 100 reports to do. And so I'm parked in my little hiding spot. And some son of a bitch came, I could hear him before he got to me. They came down that road from the side of the store. It was a truck. And I'm like, what the fuck? And he passed me in the stop sign. I'm backed into the store. The stop, I can see the stop sign and the major highways runs horizontally in front of me. The street's coming from the right hand side. This son of a bitch came through and never checked up with the stop sign. And he jumped the main highway and disappeared on the other side. And I'm like, holy shit, I heard the crash. And I mean, it was like evil Knievel style. I'm like, holy shit. And I'm like, three, three, six, one, two, five, nine, send medical, send rescue. I mean, I hadn't even seen him yet, but I knew it was going to be bad. Send medical and send rescue. They got a signal 20, which is an accident at such and such. And so I pull up on the highway and I turn on my lights and I put my spotlight down there. And this truck is demolished. It cleared. They must have been doing 50. And it was old, like a 1980s Toyota single cab pickup truck. And so I guess he was going as fast as he could go. And he just missed the stop sign and jumped that road and hit that 
telephone pole and T-boned it, and the driver was decapitated. All they had hanging was a little bit piece of skin, and then the passenger was dead, and there was one poor son of a bitch in the middle that the truck was smushed in. The son of a bitch in the middle was alive, but he was pinned in. And now remember, I'm in the middle of nowhere on purpose because I didn't want any more shit that night. And the dude that was pinned in was awake. And I go up on it. I'm looking at him like, you know, he's screaming. He's like, dude, you got to get me out. He's trying to get out, but he can't because his legs are pinned. Now his dead buddy's head's on him from the driver's side. And the other dude's obviously dead, the passenger. And he's there. He can get up to maybe his chest out of the passenger side window where I was. And I had to sit there and hold that dude and talk to him and try to calm him down. And he was, you know, pretty seriously injured also. We were so far out there and there's no fire departments or anything like that. And it took like 30 minutes for the first first responder to get to me. And then when they got to me, I'm holding him and this guy's just been begging and crying. Please get me out of, please get out of And his head's on me. And, and I mean, just total shock. And so I'm standing there holding him all this time and it's hotter than hell. And, you know, just, just a horrible scene. But what made it even worse was the rescue teams that responded didn't have the capability to get the guy out of the truck. We had to wait for somebody to come. I think it might have been Dennis Springs. I don't know. It was a long. It, he was pinned there for the longest time, and he would beg me, please don't leave me, please don't leave me. So I stood there and held that dude for probably well over an hour until they were able to get there with the jaws of life and cut him out. So anyway, duty on the 4th of July was always fucked up. And I mean, you knew it was going to be a wild ride and especially those long weekends. So much mad respect and love for everybody out this out there this 4th of July, 10 8 and on duty. Uh, stay safe and watch your six. I thank y'all and I hope you enjoyed this. I know it's a little bit different episode than what we would normally do from the murders and all that. But sometimes I like to tell the real crime part and the real life part of being a cop. And so I hope you enjoyed duty on the fourth and I hope y'all have a safe and happy fourth of July with your families, all you lifers out there. I love and appreciate each and every one of you. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder by you. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to and during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will point one for you. Do you understand your rights? Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.